This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the B-Sotted Fancast. Uh, I'm Billy Reeves. I'm the Brentford correspondent for the BBC. Get in touch via the B-Sotted Twitter feed. That's at B-Sotted, B-E-E-S-O-T-T-E-D. We're in the pub just the other side of Griffin Park for the top O-the-table clash between Brentford and Wolverhampton Wanderers. While everybody finishes their lunch, I'm joined on my left by Dave Lane from the B-Sotted Fanzine. Say hello. hi, Dave. Hello. <laughs> uh, Russell Coburn has joined us uh, hi, representing guys. the Wolverhampton Wanderers side of things. Thank you very much, Russell. It's nice, to, it's nice to meet you. Uh, and Billy the Bee and Robert from the London Wolves will be joining us shortly uh, when they finish their burgers. So, firstly, we must... I really want to turn to you, Russell, to tell us what we're expecting from Wolverhampton Wanderers today. I want to find out whether or not we're expecting a better or worse team than we played at the Molyneux, and where you see the season presently. OK, um, I think you'll see a better team than what you saw in November. Um, I think we Jackets managed to get uh, a lot of the players that he didn't want out. Uh, we've got Dicko up front now, who gives us a bit of pace, a ball over the top. Uh, and I, I genuinely think you'll see a team which is more in form, more attacking, but also got a really good solid base. Where do you stand on Kenny Jack? I mean, we know him well in London football yeah. from his time at Millwall and Watford. Right man for the job? Do you think it seems to be that seems to be how it looks from the outside? Well, after the last two uh, seasons, I'd say yes. I mean, we've, we've had an absolute nightmare, as most fans have, uh, have realised. Two relegations, awful football. Uh, we needed somebody who could come in, do a good, steady job. The first three months wasn't pretty, but he managed to get rid of a lot of the players we didn't want, as I've already said. Uh, he started to bring players in with pace, young players. Uh, Henry Jacobs is going to be a big addition for us. And if we don't win today or we don't go up, I still think he's the man for the job next season. Okay, it makes sense. Billy the B joins us as well now. Hi, Billy. Hi, oh, how are you doing? From, from, you right? the, uh, from the Brentford point of view, where did it all go right? What are these boys expecting today? Because it's astonishing. Ten 
games in a row Brentford have won at home which is the best run of form at home since 1935 19 games undefeated Mark Warburton's not lost a match are you freaking out what's going right I think we uh, we were lucky that we actually lost to Stevenage that day we lost we lost to Stevenage and we were having a bit of a mare to be quite honest with you we didn't have the greatest season in the world you know I think the expectations are high and we were floundering we lost to Stevenage Stevenage were awful they were absolutely awful we lost to them and remember Uwe Rosser locked the players in the dressing room for 90 minutes I think you were waiting outside for your press interview with him and he literally locked them in for 90 minutes and I think there's a load of finger pointing he did this you've done that all kicked off in the dressing room to be fair after that they came out and they haven't lost the game since so not saying it's necessarily all about that. I think they obviously had to flush out a lot of airs. There's a lot of things that are happening. Interesting, there's a lot of things that a lot of the fans weren't happy about. You know, the fact that they used to have a particular way they used to play against with corners. They used to bring all the players back to corners. Or there was words that Uwe Rossler used to be a little bit risk-averse, I think the word was. Yeah. So what's happened is that we'd go one goal up and then he'd try and defend that lead. Or even like when we went up to Wolves, which maybe he played it right. We didn't necessarily go all out for the win. We made sure that we preserved so that we didn't lose, which is fair enough. Now we've got a little bit more of a kamikaze, I think, is approach. Yeah, no, cavalier approach. <laughs> we must bring in um, Robert from the London Wolves. I'm Billy Reeves. Nice to meet you, Robert. Tell us about the London Wolves. Is it the, uh, the supporters group, presumably? For those that don't know, what are the London Wolves? Well, we're a club, actually, we um, started in 1966-67 season. And it originally was uh, a group of lads that went up on the train and uh, they got together and decided to uh, form this club. Um, I wasn't one of those actually, but although I joined, no, I joined it. I joined in the first season. I joined in. Uh, I was in March '67, and uh, we used to go up by coach from Victoria. Is it mainly exiles, people from the backcountry, or is it companies that follow the old goal? It's all sorts, actually. I mean, myself, I mean, I was born in Guildford, <laughs> and uh, I adopted Wolves as my Why? team. Why, if you don't mind me asking? Well, they were the best team in the world, actually, when, when I was so high. Yeah. And so... How things changed. Yeah, I mean, they went downhill after I started, but no... Um, but no, I, I met these people at, at Charlton and they said join our supporters club and I thought, why not? A question for both of you, Russell. Um, does that hang round your necks a little bit, you know, being, the, you know, being the, the, the best team in the world in the 50s, inventing the Champions League, um, uh, founder members of the Football League, being down in the third division now, does that, does that hang round your neck a little heavily, would you say? Well, as somebody who hasn't seen the, uh, the glory years like Robert has, I mean, most of the times we've been watching uh, Wolves, we've either been in and around the sort of... Uh, the championship, first division football, even second, third, fourth division back in the uh, 80s. So, I mean, for us it hasn't been. But even so, when you talk to people, they, they do think of Wolves as a big club. Sometimes it does make us, some of our fans, arrogant. Not all of us, probably not the people who come every week, home and away. But there is this perceived perception that when Wolves come, we're arrogant, we think we're better than we are, we should be doing better, and a lot of fans take, well, take... If you want, we're on the internet. Well, a lot of fans take the piss about us, okay. about us falling flat on our horses, especially yeah. after the sort of uh, last two seasons. Yeah. Uh, but for me, now, I mean, I mean, just talking about the London Wolves, these guys. I mean, uh, as, as black country lads, and there's 14 of us down here from Cowsley, Willingall, Tipton, Gornal. 
what you would call the Wolves' main heartland. These guys go home and away every game. We've got, actually got one of our lads who's down here, Dan Watkins, who is actually a Gornal lad who uh, now follows Wolves. I think he's actually flew in from New York today. Crikey. Uh, t- to come. Uh, Not far from Heathrow, of course. Well, got it. it's a big game. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm hoping he might be here because he owes me a pint, to be honest, but uh, that's a different story. So uh, We've talked about Kenny Jackett being the right man for the job uh, and to take you, you know, through the next uh, few seasons. We've talked about Uwe Rosler. Uh, but for those that don't know, maybe Wolverhampton Wanderers fans that are watching this, Mark Warburton's a little bit of a mystery man. We know all about him, a man who took uh, a 90% pay cut to become a, uh, a football coach after he saw the writing on the wall in investment banking. He's, he's never managed a, a senior football team and yet he seems to be doing so well. In your opinion, Dave Lane, why? Well, he, he is doing so well. And, you know, up, up until probably 18 months ago, there were Brentford fans saying, why have we got a sporting director? Why haven't we got a football director? And I, I, I think, you know, um, it's become pretty evident why now. You know, someone that's been scheming away in the background, using all his contacts, you know, using what he'd learned from the next gen um, under, under sort of like 21 or the next gen. So it was the Champions League for, for, for the Premiership youth. Um, okay. And he was involved in setting so He was a member of setting all that up. And, you know, it's, it, I don't think the contract's been renewed by, by UEFA. But um, UEFA are going to nick the idea. Oh, no, I, actually, I, think yeah. that, I think they have. But, I mean, you know, all, like, all good ideas get stolen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one, probably. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, but, you know, when, when Rosler went, I think a lot of people probably thought, oh, here we go, the wheels are going to come off now at Brentford. And really, the opposite's happened. It's, you know, I think behind the scenes, um, Mark Warburton was maybe slightly critical of um, Rosler's risk-averse tactics. And since he's, he's had the reins himself, you know, we've really kicked on. We, we, you know, we're worrying less about other teams and letting them worry about us. And, you know, I think the see, the, 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 this, this, this winning, drawing run, not only has it been hugely impressive, it could have actually been better. You know, we, we could or should have won at Molyneux. Um, and then if, if the conditions didn't suit us at Shrewsbury, the game, you know, if the game was off, it would have, it, it was, you know, I'm glad it wasn't. We actually turned up. So, um, but if we'd have played that game in the sunshine, we'd, we'd have got three points. Billy, he's brought in, Mark Wilton has also brought in two interesting people behind the scenes. David Weir, Everton and Rangers legend as his number two, who not failed at Sheffield United, but failed to bring in a new philosophy at Sheffield United, and Frank McParland. So essentially he's got last year's Liverpool Academy director and last year's Everton Academy manager. Do you think, therefore, that the coaching staff is actually better off now? I mean, I think 100%. The interesting thing about David Weir is a lot of people don't know. I think Weir actually went for Uwe Rossler's job before Rossler got it. So Weir's always been there and thereabouts. And Frank McPartland as well, the Liverpool guy, they all, they all know each other. They know each other from time. So I think that when Frank McPartland lost the Liverpool job, it was a perfect opportunity for Brentford as well. David Weir, he went to Sheffield United. They wanted him to try and transform Sheffield United in three days. It's not, not going to happen, you know what I'm saying? It's like they're playing terrible football out there. You've got to change the whole philosophy. If you remember when Uwe Rossler first came to Brentford, he struggled. Remember, all, even the fans were going, kick it, get up there, get stuck in, go on, like, you know? And he was going, no, we need to play the ball out from the back. We need to build it, we need to press, all these kind of things he was saying. It took us about a year to get our head around that. David Weir, they're trying to do that at Sheffield United in a matter of a couple of weeks. So the fact that they sacked him, we've just gone, thank you very much. He's already got his three-year payoff, right? So he's got his villa in wherever it is, in Tenerife or something like that, off the back of that. He can now come down to Brentford. We don't, I'm sure they wouldn't have paid him a fortune. So they've got their backroom staff and two guys who 
Someone else didn't want. Hundred percent, we're better off with those guys. Can you please get in touch, by the way. You can use the Besotted Twitter feed. It's at Besotted, B-E-E-S-O-T-D-E-D. If there's any questions you want to ask our learned panel, I'm going to turn to the Wolves guys now. Let's talk about today and talk about the season to come. Promotion. Are Wolves good enough? Have they got enough firepower? Obviously, we're good enough, actually. But um, but it's. I think it's still early days because it's our first time down here, like you know. So uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's a three-horse race. Actually, so it's only two from three, really. Let's be honest. You know. um, they haven't played their best. I don't think this season. Actually. They've cruised a lot of games. And some and probably one game which they shouldn't have done. So I think today's game is is the is the test, actually, you know, to see how far we've got. Are you enjoying visiting new grounds this season? Uh, is it fun? And will the novelty wear off if you don't get up this year? Um, we lo- always love going away games. Um, love going to Griffin Park today. Looking forward to uh, experiencing my last like. Um, what, what are you expecting? Is this, I'm interested to know what are you expecting at Griffin Park today because it's it's totally different to Molyneux. It's totally different. I'm expecting a traditional ground. I'm expecting somewhere we can stand. I reckon we'll make more noise than you. I'll be honest today. Yeah, that's that's my uh, worry. I'd like the Brentford fans to I, make I mean, as much noise as we can. I mean, we, we could have probably sold four thousand tickets today minimum. Uh, we've got the terrace, the seating upstairs. I've heard it's a good acoustics. Yeah. Last time last time I wasn't here when we beat you two 0 Going probably back about 88, 89. Yes, so it's, 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 a long, it's probably before I was allowed to go on my own, to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I reckon we'll make a lot of noise today. Looking forward to it. Um, I mean, it's interesting again coming back to that because a lot of away managers hate coming to Griffin Park because if you go there, it's really tight, so you're really close to the pitch and. The players actually do get quite a lot of abuse from the fans, like you know what I'm saying. It's just like, you know, I say abuse in like an horrible way, but it's like really passionate. And a game like today, basically, I mean, everyone laughs saying all small club and everything like that. But the thing about it is that when Brentford get over about seven and a half thousand fans in that stadium, the place is rocking. It really is rocking. So it's like, you know, you go somewhere else and they've got 25,000 and it's dead. But you go to our place, seven and a half thousand, it's brilliant. It's a laugh. So today, the atmosphere is going to actually really take a difference. And when Chelsea walked out, I remember when Chelsea walked out on that pitch and the look on their faces because it all just went like mental and they thought, oh my god like you know first of all I didn't say Brentford was a small club I mean I really respect what you guys have done especially over the last two years coming back after last season Doncaster last day what a hammer blow then to go back lose to Yeovil in the playoff final and still come back I mean I actually lost a lot of money on you when you play late in Orient at home which I'm not happy about um, so I actually backed you quite big at that day um, but since then you've actually come on I mean the, the home form's fighting as you've mentioned uh, so we're not expecting an easy ride I actually think our players have got experience they've played probably in bigger grounds maybe not as passionate I'm not sure it's the first time like I said but I think we'll be fine I think Wolves fans will make a lot of noise today we're not used to having terrace I mean, it's, been, it's been a long time since we've all been packed in really tight in a on a sort of bottom, uh, well, seats above, uh, terrace below. Uh, we're just looking forward to it. Will, will we win? I'm not oh, yeah. sure. I've I got a funny feeling. Like, normally I get a bit superstitious and a little bit tetchy before games like this. And I've, I've, I've not, I've not been worried about this fixture all week. Not because for any 
any reason that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm expecting a win. I, I, what I am expecting is to, for Brentford and Wolves to, to push away now. Um, I'm more concerned and worried away from, away from yeah, the Orient. Yeah, okay. I'm actually more concerned about the Orient fixture because I think if we were to lose that one, it may affect the the outcome of the season more than today's will. I mean, obviously we want to win today and we want to set our marker down. But I think yeah, I think we we if we can push away from Orient a little bit further today, then I think it's going to do us both the world of good. I mean, my honest opinion is we're the two that's going to lose it. Uh, Light and Orient have done fantastic, and I expected them to fall away a lot sooner. They haven't, and they've kept going, and they've got an ability to score goals. Um, but my, my opinion is it'll be us two in the mix at the end. Um, Preston, rather them too far behind a little bit. Both are threatening the playoffs if one of us does make a mistake. Um, I'd take 1 1 today, I'd bite your hand off. But my good feeling is 3 1 on the break. Okay, well, we've talked about Wolverhampton Wanderers' uh, the burden of being perceived as a big, glamorous club. You mentioned it there that you think that Brentford are perceived as a smaller club. How does the club make sure that it is known in the, the wider football community, that it's a progressive club, that it's moving to a new ground? Is that being done properly? I think it is being done properly now from the very top level. Um, I think you know Matthew Benham and the way the stadium group have conducted themselves in... Um, That's our owner, Matthew Benham. Yeah, um, I, I think the way they conduct themselves in, in, in getting themselves into a situation where you know it's just down to Eric Pickles is the last person that can affect our new stadium, and, and that's unlikely. Um, I think I think we are starting to grow gradually um, out out of Griffin Park already, you know. But we need to do the same off the pitch commercially um, to what we're doing on the pitch because you know we are putting together a coaching team, an academy, a playing, a playing squad that is arguably too good for this division now. Um, with the stadium that we're going to have, it will be fitting for the championship, if not above the championship. Okay. Um, but now we need to grow our fan base. And that, you know, we've struggled to do that over 20, we've, we've troubled, troubled to do that in our lifetime. Um, and we just have to make sure that all that, all that brilliant, structured, um, mechanisms that are being put in on the playing side need to be put into them. That's the challenge, isn't it? Being surrounded by the bigger clubs to be seen as the good guys. Let's um, talk about what's going to happen the rest of the season and what's happened in the season so far. What have been the highlights and the lowlights of supporting Wolverhampton Wanderers this season? <laughs> what's been the worst and the best of it, Robert? Um, well, the best of it, actually, the Kenny, is, Kenny Jacket is coming and he's given a lot of the youngsters a chance. Um, which I'm, I'm all for actually, you know, because they had a lot of academy players, and, and he's given them the opportunity to show what they can do. And I mean, one of the best. How, how have they done? In your opinion? Well, Danny Butt in the centre of defence actually is. I mean, he's been with us since he was about 12, I think. But uh, no other managers actually give him a chance. But then Kenny's come in and given him a prolonged time there, and he's showing what he's worth. What about the worst thing? What's the worst thing about supporting Wolverhampton Wanderers generally? <laughs> the worst thing? There's not a lot, really, actually. What about for you? What's the best and worst of this season, the best and worst generally? Uh, I think the best of this season is uh, seeing the fans actually take the club back. I mean, the last two years we felt we didn't have any attachment to the players. Uh, we didn't like most of them, we didn't know what was happening. This season, yeah, we've gone down. Um, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's 
got rid of the people who wouldn't normally come and support us, but you've got the main people back again. We're taking loads more away this season, averaging over 2,200 away from home. Last season it was about 1,400. There seems it's a togetherness, and the players, they're not the greatest, as you'll see today. They make mistakes, I'll hoof the ball here. There'll be shots going, well, you'll probably have to duck a few times off on a Sacco shots. Okay, I'll ask you a question. Sacco shit, discuss. <laughs> uh, I like Sacco. It is, Sacco's created 31% of our goals, uh, or scored this season. So for me, nearly a third of the goals, he has to play. He can turn the game, but does he make the right decisions every time? No. I think that's really fascinating, that point about enfranchisement, though. If, the, if you feel as though you're part of the club, it's, it, you know, it's called the football club, if you feel as though you're part of it, you're much more likely to, to get involved. Is that, is, that the, is that the situation at Brentford now? Because when the, when the club was in trouble, when Bees United took over, people did feel enfranchised. When things were going wrong, there was a, a sense of togetherness. Now things are going right. Would you say that the, as a, a Brentford fan, you still feel enfranchised and part of things? I mean, I think so. I think so again. You know, probably just kind of, you know, from where we've come from. You know, we've we've been through a lot of pain over the last. You know, in effect, I mean, us work this stuff up. You know, you know, we've we've lost. We've been in seven playoffs. We've lost seven playoffs. Supported this club for 35 years, and we've literally been in this division for the whole time that I've been here, bar one or two divisions. Seems out of it. It's almost like you kind of get used to it. So, you know. It sounds really bad that every, you know the football becomes secondary, but it, it, it did become secondary behind that. You had to do the pub, you, you all do different things, we come up with weird ideas, and there is a togetherness that comes together which binds you to the club, which keeps you going. All of a sudden you start getting the success, you know, it doesn't mean that you lose those things, it's, it means that you move together through it and hopefully you can grow with it. I think the one thing with Brentford is that Brentford is quite a unique club, I think. You know, there's all sorts of different characters here, people talk about the four pubs and the, you know, there's all sorts of different things about us which isn't the same as QPR or even Wolves or anything like that and I think that for a lot of the fans it's for us to be able to keep that uniqueness about Brentford to be something that's special about us the fact is that the danger that we have is that if we try to get bigger we try to kind of copy what everyone else is doing all these other bigger clubs and we lose that uniqueness and I think the main thing about Brentford is that we are unique and a lot of people like coming down there for different various reasons we invite you guys down there because we said look come down you'll have a brilliant laugh and you will have a brilliant laugh down here it's just different a lot of people don't care the uh, move to Lionel Road which is obviously what you guys are pushing for as long as you keep it close as I think you are doing to where all the main community is that's, that's the key thing I love about Wolves we may lose loads of games we may keep being everyone's ball guy we may fall down the leagues but our ground is right in the middle of the centre and you go away with your friends you've got loads of pubs you can go to Wolves may not be the most friendliest place the police say but to the people who come away we'll welcome any away fans there we'll have a drink with you take you down Chapel Ash take you down all the other good clubs and, and keeping that community there close to the football grounds key you, you get somewhere like Bolton um, you've got Reading four miles outside the ground outside the town it's terrible so my, my advice to you guys would be if you, if you are going to move to Lionel Road which it sounds like you want to and I hope you do oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, then keep it close keep it tight and, and keep what you've got here you seem great guys an interesting question for you as well is that there's all this rivalry in football you know like we ate Fulham we ate QBR you've got you know West Brom and all this kind of stuff but at the end of the day is that is your football you know all sorts of different things but is it sort of kind of related to the people that you know so say for example I've got QBR mates I've got, I haven't got any Fulham mates actually, but I've got QBR mates, you know. Um, and I, 
I haven't got as much antagonism with QBR because the mates that I know are good mates and I like them, you know what I'm saying? With yourself as well, I'm just interested to know you've got all this rivalry, but is it down to kind of a, the people that you know sort of personally how, how deep your rivalry goes? I'm just interested. Like, you know? I think actually, you know, I mean, you say about changing as you, if you go up actually and you lose your attachment to the fans. I mean, the Wolves Football Club is, is one of the best clubs in the world actually. I tell people we might not be the best team in the world, but the club is second to none. They've been very, very good to us over the years. It doesn't matter who's manager of the club, who owns the club, we've got a lovely bond actually. And as you said about the rivalry, actually, I mean, I meet people, other supporters in the bar in, in Wolverhampton, like, you know, and, and it's a fabulous um, rapport between those. And, and it doesn't have to be between people you know, actually. I mean, I could be, a few years ago, I met Everton supporters in the best bar. And they, when we went, they stood up, shook me hand, wished me well. They, they, I would say they're true football supporters. I, I sometimes wonder that uh, people outside the game, the, the casual football supporters, sees that rivalry and hostility and tribalism. But there's a football family, isn't there? Um, there is. I mean, when I was 18, 19, I used to hate West Brom, I used to hate Birmingham, I used to hate Bolton, Reading, so they used to beat us nine times out of ten. Uh, but I think as you get older, I, I meet more West Brom fans. My own business partner's an Albion fan, believe it or not, and we get on. Um, so I mean, I think when you get older, you start to appreciate that they're not that much different from us. They just support they're different teams, fans, yeah. and um, I, I regularly go for drinks with Albion fans, different football fans. They're fine. I mean, um, come Derby Day, I'll probably eat them for 90 minutes, and I hope to God we beat them. But after that, then I'm more than happy to have a drink with everyone. And uh, we're all football fans. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, no, I've been, I was lucky enough as part of my business. I have I published books. So I, I published um, a series called Till I Die with about 24 different football clubs, and they were all fans' memories. And you know, I was so fortunate to be able to get to know the, the fan, the real fans at each of those clubs. And if nothing else underlines to me how we're all the same. Every, you know, your football club, whoever it is, whether it's whether it's West Bromwich Albion or Plymouth Argonne or Wolverhampton Wanderers or that it means everything to the people and the community and I think you know we have to we have to embrace that and this is what we're going to try and do with doing these is kind of get like-minded people together on a match day and just show that you know football and Saturdays and meeting in the pub is part of our national heritage and we've got to celebrate okay. it you know? I'm getting totes emotional we've got a couple of <laughs> we got a couple of minutes left Daniel Griffsheim has asked you do you reckon do you think you're going to do a Southampton and go boom boom straight up to the Prem um, well to be honest I'll settle for going up one time to start at the moment there's a long way to go we're third at the moment uh, if we escape if a point today or if we get a point today we're in a good position which I would fancy us to go up I'll be honest uh, will we go straight back up not sure division one uh, well championship as, as we know it now it's a tough league we found out last season how tough it was I set off for going up this season build maybe in three years okay well, we've got about a minute left so let's uh, now we've all sort of like come together and cuddled as football fans let's bring the rivalry back to it. I want to talk to all four of you about what you think is going to happen today predictions please I don't make predictions because they go wrong yeah, no, I've said this to so many times because inevitably it'll be wrong like, you know no. What, what can we expect from Wolves today? Wolves will go out there and attack, go to win the game, and 
maybe a draw, I'll be happy with at the end of it. Russell, you said you'd be happy with a draw. Uh, I would be happy with a draw. Um, I think obviously for sure in the middle, you've got Chotter Chot up front, uh, Bidwell's a good left back as well. So great team. I fancy us to come out, try and stifle the game first 15 minutes, try and hit you on the break. Eventually, McDonald's hopefully tries to control the midfield. Okay. I fancy it 1 1 at half time. Us to sneak a second, you to batter us and uh, break away third. Well, Sacco, goes, maybe. He goes through that, got through the whole Don't hold me on that. Let's, <laughs> let's finish with our hosts then, Dave and Billy. Thanks for putting this together. It's been a good laugh. Thanks yeah, very much indeed. Should yeah. we get a result? Result prediction? Oh, from Bill? Yeah, yeah. Oh, from me? I'm, yeah, I'm going 3-1 um, Brentford. Uh, I think, I really think um, Warburton's going to say, um, because of Orient played two games more, that there's not as much pressure on today. Clearly, we obviously don't want to lose the game. It's not, I don't, I don't think he's hung up on keeping the run going either. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end eventually. I don't think it's going to be today, and, I, and, and I think I think I think we're going to I think we're going to confident Brentford fans. Yeah, I really. think we're going to win. Billy, what do you think? Personally, I think we're going to win two 0 Right. However, I am very nervous of one player from you, and that's Dicko. Dicko, when we came down Rotherham game, he was a little bit of a tricky one, and we were trying to get hold of Dicko. We were looking at him actually. We didn't get him in the end um, because we were looking at other players. But I was quite gutted when Uwe Rosner sold Dicko to you guys because I just thought he's the right type of player for this division and I'm just worried as to whether or not we'll be able to handle Dicko. If we can handle Dicko, I'm quite happy with everything else. I think Brentford are going to go all out for it. I think we'll win 2-0 today. Bill, have you, have you ever handled Dicko? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the point. That's the point where just, just when we were bringing it to an intellectual level, that's the point where we're We're going to carry on discussing it here. Thank you very much to Robert. Thank you very much to Russell for Thanks joining for us. Guys. Thanks to Billy and Dave for organising this. My name's Billy Reeves, and we'll speak to you soon. We're going to carry on. Come on, come on, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.